Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by the problem we all face right now with education and a sixth grader. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I get a call from the old man and he tells me, he's like, hey, there's a problem up here. He lives in Alaska. And Alaska is one of the last states to really get taken by anything corona related. So they're kind of, they're struggling with it now trying to figure out what to do because for a while they weren't even on lockdown. But Anchorage is now obviously closing down schools and, and they're concerned about getting sick. They're not crazy or anything. They just didn't really have any cases. Alaska's pretty far up there. And there are issues. Now, my dad works in a hospital, and he knows a lot of nurses and physicians who have off hours. And he was telling me that they're struggling because there's a nurse that he knows that has to be at work at 5 a.m. And she said, look, my kids are falling apart because this is essentially what's happening. The kids are sleeping in until all hours of the afternoon. Parents are gone, so they can't do anything about it. And then they're staying up super late. Their schedules are all getting out of whack, and they're trying to figure out how to get them to do school, which is, of course, of course, what everybody has been trying to do. And she keeps saying, okay, well, look, if I could wake him up before I leave for work, I'd do that to get him some breakfast and get going. But no kid wants to be up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 or something like that, especially when they don't need to. And they're also having problems with trying to get people together to get schoolwork done because uh, then they have the next thought, okay, well, let's just get the kids in the same class together. They can work on schoolwork together. But what happens, as is not uncommon, you get a bunch of kids together and they don't, they don't necessarily get work done. So the old man is telling me, he's like, look, I have an idea. He's like, okay, what's your idea? He says, okay, what if you had people come to, you know, like a class or something and have people sit down and do the work. I'm like, well, look, that's not a terrible idea, but, you know, do kids have transportation? Because if you're dealing with like a freshman or a sophomore, it's going to be really hard to get them to somebody's house. And some businesses in Alaska can't open up, and now you got to deal with, with somebody overseeing them. So it's kind of a problem. He said, okay, okay, how about this? Let's just, let's ditch the physical location. Let's hit Zoom now. I have been dealing with Zoom for quite some time now, since this went on pretty much every day. And and we started talking about it. He said, okay, what if you had like six to ten kids that Zoomed in and were getting work done and you were observing them and offering help if needed? And I said, well, look, Dad, I mean, one of, one of the problems is when you're working on Zoom, you can see the person's face maybe. Okay, because a lot of times teenagers just say, hey, I'm, I'm not decent right now, but I am here. I'm attending. I'm not decent or, you know, so I have to turn off my camera. Or, hey, I got my little brother and sister in the background. They're super loud. I'm going to turn off my audio, right? Or something like that. Now, all of a sudden, even if you have 10 people, 10 people on this Zoom call, you only have two or three that have audio and video on. So the whole idea where you're going to babysit the kids and, and make sure they're working on things, that goes out the window when they start turning off the cameras, okay, cameras and audio. And he said, okay, but what if you could make them keep the cameras and audio on? I said, fine, let's assume, let's assume for sake of argument you could do that. Now I can see the kid 
theoretically, because a lot of times when they turn the camera on, they say, hey, the computer camera is not set up appropriately. So it's only catching like the top of my head. I'm here. You can see my head. You just you can't really see me. So let's assume we fix that problem, which is actually a bigger problem than most people think. Now we can see the kid. Okay, we can see the kid. We can hear the kid. What is the kid working on? Because I told I told him, I said, look, half the time you don't even know what the kid's looking at. You don't or not not even half the time. Almost all the time. Because you can assume if I'm working with Johnny and I see Johnny staring at the screen, you know, doing something, yeah, I can assume, hey Johnny, you're working on your English essay, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm working on it right now. Great. Keep it up, Johnny. Well, how do you know Johnny's not playing like Clash of Clans or, or some other game, Diablo? I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, you don't know what's going on on the computer screen, right? And he said, what if you could have access to the computer screen? And I said, great idea. So you can have people share their screen with you. Okay, that's fine. But they have to click on share screen and actually do something. So if you say, hey, Johnny, let me, uh, let me see that English essay. Share your screen. Johnny says, oh, okay. Gets, you know, type in, and boom, hits it. And his screen pops up and there's an English essay. Well, he could have minimized or turned off any application that he didn't want you to see in that time. And we go and we go and we go through all of these different ideas. Okay, what if you could have instantaneous access to the screen? Okay, fine, you know, but where are their phones? Well, their phones have to be on the table right in front of the camera. Well, fine, you got to move the camera down so it looks at the table and not at the face, and that's that's a problem in and of itself. Okay, what if you could set up additional cameras? One in the living room, one in the kitchen. Fine, you have cameras, but now you have somebody monitoring essentially like a jail. Okay, so you have this student who's being looked at from the computer, the, the phone's on lock, you have cameras all around him. Theoretically, somebody's watching these cameras. And all it takes is for the kid to say, hey, I got to go to the bathroom and disappear to the bathroom for half an hour. What are you going to do? You're on the computer screen. You can't stop him. And we go round and round. And, and you realize really quickly, this is actually a problem. I mean, as, as horrific as this whole kind of rundown is, this is a real problem and people are trying to work it out. And the issues that I'm bringing up are real issues. I watch students do this. It's not, it's not as easy as you think to make this stuff happen. And what I ultimately came back to was something that I worked on with a sixth grader years ago, Annie. And Annie had a social studies project where she was learning about Confucius, the ancient, ancient philosopher. And one of the very interesting things that she studied, I mean, this man was vast, incredible, incredible thinker, incredible human being. One of the very interesting things he said, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I'm not going to quote him perfectly, was that if you raise somebody with laws, you make liars and criminals. But if you raise them with virtues, you let make morally upstanding people. And, and that really struck me. I don't think Annie got it at the time because she was like 11. But it struck me because it's so painfully true. Because if you, if you tell somebody, don't do this or you'll get in trouble here, and they really want to do that thing. Don't eat the ice cream or you're going to get in trouble. They're going to figure out a way to not get caught, get what they want. And as long as they don't get caught, the consequence 
is, is nothing. But if you teach them to be virtuous and to be honest, maybe honor their parents or honor the rules or, or something like that, all of a sudden that's a different person you're dealing with. And they're going to regulate themselves and believe in the orderliness of the world in and of itself. And that's a different type of person. Now they're honest. Now they're trying to abide by the rules and reconcile their desires with what, what the desires of the group might be. So I kept thinking about that with this Zoom, with this Zoom issue. Because I think what a lot of people are trying to do is say, okay, how can we make a set of laws, right? Essentially like a jail where this person is always observed. They're always, the, the threat of punishment for not doing what you should be doing is always there. And that will get them to fly straight. That will get them to get their homework done. But again, it's something I come back to very frequently. That discounts the ingenuity and intelligence of the average teenager. I think they are way smarter and more capable than a lot of people give them credit for. And and I think if you set something up like this where it's like cameras in this room, cameras in that room, you know, blah, blah, they figure out a way. They figure out a way. It's like the classic line from, from Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Well, teenagers find a way too. And if it literally is just, I'm watching you do this or else, they'll figure out a way around it. But I think in this particular situation, we need, we need to go more Confucius style. We need, as educators and children and parents and everyone, we need to find a way to arrive at an agreed upon set of values. We need to find a way to get everybody to agree that, hey, look, if you don't get this done, if we can't continue your education, it's not, it's not necessarily that you're going to get in trouble. What's, what's really bad is what your life is going to be like. What, what will the world be if you lose a year of education? Right? What will that look like for you? And will you be happy with that? Because if you're not happy with that, then this is you being motivated to avoid that end. This is you being motivated to avoid that world that is coming in 12 months from now if we take this path. And if you're motivated to avoid that world where you lose a year of school, let's figure out a way where we can help you avoid that. Let's figure out a way where you educating yourself or going through this works. Let's work together because we all agree that that end is not one that we want to we want to travel towards. I think that's going to be the only way. And I'm sure you will have people that will try the jail-like scenario. I'm sure you will have people that that just don't make it. I guarantee you you will have people that will cheat all over the next 12 months just to satisfy some requirement and you will have people that flat out won't make it they'll just give up until they have to go back physically and that's a terrible thing to think about I don't think anybody deserves that but 
that's the way humans are. The more freedom we have, the more variability we'll have, and people will be free to make bad decisions. That's freedom. But if we can arrive at a shared goal, at shared values, at a shared purpose, then at the very least, we could work together to try to realize that end. And if we're working together towards a common goal, odds of success are always, always much higher. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it. Thank you, everyone. And please do remember, the essay classes are lining up daily, as are the SAT and ACT review. If you need some help, just hit me up. <laughs>